Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is the one show presenter, the only one show presenter. <laughs> Not the only one, but it's called the one show. So she is the one today. It's Alex Jones. Hello. How Hello. are you? I'm well, good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Well, no problem. I've been listening to these podcasts. I absolutely love them. Last night, emptying the dishwasher, listening to you and Davina. <laughs> I love it. That's about actually my guilty pleasure when it comes to podcasts. I'll do the washing up tonight, dear. I know. It just gives you a bit of me time, actually. It does. Doesn't it? Close the kitchen door. Happy as Larry. Gin and tonic, empty dishwasher, <laughs> podcast on. Well, I always feel that it's like that adult conversation. You feel like you've had that little bit of in- adult interaction, even though you've not actually said anything. Absolutely. That's exactly how I felt last night. It was like a break. It was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> and hearing two women talk about things, I was like, yes, yes, and me, yes, yes. And that's the great thing, I think, how, opening that conversation about motherhood. So many of us have felt so many things that we're maybe too ashamed to share or don't want to share. And then actually when we share it, everyone kind of goes, oh, yeah, me too. Or I've had a degree of that. And you suddenly don't feel so alone. Oh, my God, completely. There were so many things that you touched upon um, in the podcast I listened to last night. And so many issues. I thought, God, that was me. And I Mm. thought, you know, I couldn't say that. I think Davina said at one point, you know, um, or maybe it was you actually who said, you know, there were times right at the beginning you think, what have I done? Yeah. You know, oh God, is this going to go? And I remember actually about week three of having Teddy um, closing the bathroom door. Mum had taken him for a little while. She said, go and have a shower. And I thought, when is this going to end? I said, you know, when yeah. when do the sleepless nights stop? And then I realised... Not probably until he's about 18 Mm. plus, you know, it's that realisation that you're in this for the long haul, I mean, forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, yeah, it was it was things like that that you said on the one I listened to last night that I thought, God, that's amazing. Because so many people, you feel like you have to say, God, this is amazing. Isn't this amazing? Oh, it's going so well. Oh, it's a dream. And actually, it's not in the early Mm -hmm. days. It's really hard. I, I actually liken those first three weeks to hell. And I know that's not what a lot of people want to hear, but I really think it's the most difficult thing. It, it was very different when Buddy came along for me, actually. Second child, I felt much more settled into it. But first time round, geez, that was hard. It was it was really hard. I mean, it's because, you know, like everybody knows, you don't have a manual, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But also it's because I think you feel that you should be elated. Yeah. And you're not elated. Well, and it's something you've wanted for a very long time. 
Yeah, and and it's all the things like, you know, nobody said how difficult breastfeeding would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody literally mentioned it. And I was like, am I the only one? What, you mean Teddy didn't just sniff out the boob? I mean, what is this? I, I mean, I was waiting for the magic. I was waiting for the moment you put them on your chest, they snuffle around and it all happens. And I was like... Um, my nipples are bleeding. Oh, this is not what? like they said it would be. No. And, you know, but nobody really mentioned that it might not go to plan. Yeah. And, um, you know, since then, obviously then, because you're in this club and then you talk to other mm-hmm. mothers and they go, yeah, and me. Yeah, yeah. it's really hard, isn't it, for the first about mm, three to six weeks. It's really... I was like, yeah, it is. You know, Vaseline on the nipples, <laughs> ibuprofen and paracetamol <laughs> keeping you going. It was like, oh, when is this going to stop? Well, I had a friend of mine text me literally after I'd... Uh, just before I'd given birth and she said something like, just remember, when you're feeding, I, well, I always find it useful to kick my legs back into the chair and really tense my... Uh, tense my buttocks and and that gets me through that first little bit and I was like what is she talking about but, but now so we true. know oh gosh I was like clenching my toes clenching my feet fits everything yeah and you're like okay here we go here we go here we go he's going on he's going on he's going on okay sit still oh no I haven't got the remote I'm not moving I'm not moving for an hour because it hurts <laughs> but it's amazing the amount of things you can do while breastfeeding I oh, always found amazing if you have everything around you though yeah I mean the biggest mistake is when you go oh, no, I haven't got a glass of water. And you're really thirsty, aren't you, in that first sort of six, eight weeks. Then you haven't got your phone or you haven't got the remote. Oh. If, you've got the, if you've got the stuff, you're fine. Yeah. You know, you can go for an hour. But if not, an hour seems like a day. <laughs> Looking at the wall, just thinking, come on, come on, finish feeding. <laughs> yeah, I, I had exactly the same with Buzz, uh, with Buzz, to be honest. And he took forever to feed. Because he's oh. a small baby, he just took forever. I mean, people say, oh, 20 minutes. Oh, well, some, I don't know, one midwife said 20 minutes on each side. I was like, mm-hmm. what? More like 45 on yes, each side? exactly the same. Or not even each side, because sometimes <laughs> then you'd get bored and fall asleep. I mean, there was no pattern to it at all. A friend of mine who actually had um, a good time breastfeeding, and of course some people do. Yes. And it's not hellish for everybody. And um, she said, you know, Al, you need to wear a hair bobble on your wrist and then you switch it yes. back and forth so you know. I was like, what do I need that for? I mean, it's so unpredictable. It just yeah. any any boob, anything is a bonus. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I used to write notes down. A hair bubbles, I used to just forget to switch, uh, like switch them over. Yeah. Then you'd always just end up feeling your boobs. One would always be rock hard. Oh, and one would be like an empty sack. <laughs> yes. A nice look, isn't it? <laughs> still Under rocking a t-shirt. It, still rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have written a book called. Winging I have. It. Yes. Uh, what made you want to write the book? Um, well, I mean, I had no intention of writing a book at all. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I love the opening where you say that the tweet went out that you'd written a book oh, and the, and the and comments. Here we go, tippy tappy. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, I don't know anything about being a parent, as any of us do. Mm-hmm. You know, a baby arrived and it's like having a new job that yeah. you've never done before. Yeah. And so it's more, it was more kind of therapy. I'll be honest, it was is therapy for me. I mean, I wrote it in the thick of it, in the eye of the storm, mm-hmm. during the first I started, I think, when Ted was about four months. And so reading it back now, I mean, it scares me because mm-hmm. it it feels so real and so in the moment. And it's probably a lot of oversharing. Um, but it was it was kind of, you know, therapeutic yeah. to just get it out. And I'm, I know you understand that. You yeah. Know? But it's, it was, it was kind of the things were happening at that time. I was feeding at that time. Yeah. You know, and I was trying to go back to work when I started writing it. And 
And so what the book is, I guess, is... I mean, it's not a manual or a health book because I have no tips. I have <laughs> no wisdom whatsoever. But I think what it is, is just kind of like like we chatting now. Mm. It's it's a kind of, do you get this? Do you feel like this? This is, isn't this rubbish? Isn't this great? Isn't this rubbish? Great rubbish, great rubbish. <laughs> you know, it's that journey yeah. of the first year that actually is the best journey ever but it's it's one of the well it is the hardest thing I've ever done yeah well I think we're all so hard uh, we find it so hard to say anything other than it's great it's the most amazing yeah. thing because it is that it's like you don't you deserve it then to be a mum and of course it is the best thing ever yeah. there's no two ways about that and I'm sure as everybody says you know the older they get the better it gets mm. and you believe that because it is at the beginning I mean the first few weeks are purgatory <laughs> and then it gets better and by the time there's six months you think gosh this is a lot easier and now that I mean um, Ted is coming up to 40 months it's it's a lot Aww. easier and it's a lovely age and yeah. you're starting to walk you know like a little drunk person <laughs> um, and you're starting to kind of you know form words and, and, it's, and it's amazing but you know there are those issues that I think, you know, it's not just about being a mother anymore. That's sort of not enough. You're expected to do so much more and you're expected to keep a career going and all of this. And I, I suppose what the book does is kind of like a support group. It's like, yeah. come on, let's chat about this. Let's see how difficult this is and how we manage it. Should we have to manage it? You know, it's, it's all those questions that you spend sleepless nights in, when your baby's sleeping you still can't sleep because you think okay tomorrow how how am I going to get out of the house at 6.30 and get him up uh, how am I going to do all this now you know it's like this morning for both of us we're yeah. both here yeah. somehow dressed yep. and fine but it's all those things isn't it those sleepless nights you, you kind of go through thinking I don't know how I'm going to get through everything that needs to be done mm -hmm. tomorrow it's all organising isn't it oh well and I mean, I am disorganised by... <laughs> Are yeah, you? Naturally, I'm disorganised. <laughs> but I've learnt that the key to this is kind of systems in place, mm -hmm. lists, organisation, teamwork. So, I mean... I don't even recognise the person I am now compared to the person <laughs> I was two years ago. It's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. But, you, you know, you do. Because you've got this most important little human, you change and you adapt and you become the best form of yourself that you mm. can be, I think. What sort of mum um, did you think you were going to be growing up? Because I read in the book that you thought that at 25 you'd be married and have children. Yeah, I thought we'd be well on the way to maybe number three now. Um, but that's not how it worked out. And I think that's the other thing, you know. Society's kind of changed, hasn't it? And... We're all, because of the pressures on us, we're all doing things a little bit later. Yep. And that is sometimes because um, we haven't met the right person. It's because we are having babies later. And so, you know, things like my sister suffered with PCOS really mm -hmm. badly and she didn't think she could have children. And then thankfully she's gone on to have two, which is brilliant. But there's also, there's loads of different stuff that it just felt like my mum didn't have. Yeah. You know, that they went to school, they met, they got married, they started having children a lot younger mm. and life wasn't more straightforward for them, but it was different. Yeah. You know, family... Well, there's that interesting section in the book where you sort of compare with your mum. Yeah. Like, who, who, what are the pros and cons? Who had it easier? Who's finding it tougher? And actually, I mean, it's hard. It's, <laughs> yeah, you come out of it thinking, actually, it's as tough mm. for both generations, but it's tough in a different way. Yeah. You know, she didn't, you know, mum says herself, she said, I don't know how you're doing this with working and all the rest of it. But 
you know, for her, she she was at home with us until we were, I think I was probably five and my sister was three. Or actually, we, we might have been a bit older. Mm. And she said, that was tough. I had, you know, I was just at home as a 24-year-old with you girls. I had no idea and it was really, really tough. Yeah. So I don't think there's an answer in there, but I think it's just about being supportive of each other, whatever the situation. Yeah. You know, just going, well, that's, that's your choice. You're nailing it. Well done. Because mm. a lot of the book I found in the early chapters is, is targeted a lot at that older mum. Yeah. And um, and it's obviously something that's played in your mind a lot because it wouldn't even cross my mind at what age ages mums, you know, yeah, what I age mean, women have children. It but then cross. towards the end, I think, after Teddy actually arrives, you're like, actually, we're just all in this together. And so it's really interesting as someone reading the book, really actually seeing that transition in you having that focus on I'm an older mum and I'm old you know I've got all these things and this is this is what's happening to me and it's going to be tough because of this 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 and actually at the end you're kind of like actually we're all we're all yeah, of this it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what your job it is doesn't, how old it doesn't you are, matter no it doesn't matter we're all the same and actually I think you know being a mum and having a baby is the one thing that's a leveler for us all yeah. isn't it it doesn't matter whether you're the queen you know whether you're um a 16-year-old who's who's having a baby. It doesn't matter, actually. We are all having the same experience. Yeah. And and that's the thing, isn't it? It, it grounds us all and it, and it brings us in a brilliant way together. Mm. I mean, I love being a mum because it's widened my circle of friends so much because suddenly you have this empathy with women that you didn't have before. Well, and you just feel like you can talk to anyone. Oh, Anyone, because yeah. we're all having the same <laughs> issues on a daily basis. And that's, I think, one of the best things about becoming a parent. Mm. And, and for Charlie as well, you know, not just mums, for dads as well. I think, you know, for him, he said, oh, isn't it brilliant, Al, that suddenly you feel like you're part of this new club um, where everybody's kind of got each other's back. Yeah. And that's a really nice feeling, you know, and, and it's, it's a special thing, isn't it? Everybody understands the trial and tribulations. You kind of, it's, sh- it's shorthand. You don't even really need full sentences. You just go, oh, I didn't sleep last night, dot, dot, dot. And everybody knows what that means. <laughs> yeah, And it is, I think it doesn't matter if that support is from a message, a group of messages from friends. Like, you know, we all have like different mum groups where we're all in different chats. Yeah. It doesn't matter if that's actually meeting up because I find meeting up really difficult because of work schedules and stuff. Uh, or if it's just a stranger in the street. Like, I remember being, um, we were in a restaurant with Buddy, uh, with both boys, but Buddy would just not settle. He was going absolutely berserk. And I remember taking him outside and he was tired because we were abroad and he was probably just jet lagged. And, and I just, you know, when you're trying to go through that meltdown and trying to see what was wrong and nothing's working. So I was just taking him outside, trying to see him succeed something new and this mum turned to me when she was walking past and she was like it will pass you'll get through it and just having that mum said that and she just said that and she just walked off but mm. it literally just I just burst into tears and I was like yeah it absolutely will yeah and yeah. thank thank you for reminding me and taking me out of this moment that it's so easy to get lost in oh it's so easy and you, and you do feel alone even though you know there are trillions of people doing the same as you but mm. and it's 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 brilliant I mean the best thing I did was join an NCT group yeah. Oh my goodness, they have been saviors. 
Really? You know, right at the beginning, especially now I look back at our WhatsApp thread. Um, and it's cliche, isn't it? You go to an NCT group and then you start a WhatsApp group and then you start meeting for coffees. And yeah, you do. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, and I think cliches are cliches for a reason. Yeah. And it saves you from yourself yeah. in those early days, especially. I mean, they have been just brilliant. And I look back at our WhatsApp feed and it's just lovely, you know, going back right to the beginning when we were all in the early stages, sort of two weeks in, maybe going, oh my God, I can't feed or, you know, um, I've got mastitis or I've got thrush or, um, you know, we went to hospital last night and, and it's all 4am, 5am, yeah. you know, and there was always somebody there at the end of the phone, so to speak, you know, when you feel in those lonely nights like there's nobody else, you know. Mm -hmm. Charlie sometimes had fallen asleep because he was working and I wouldn't wake him because, you know, I mean, we did the whole thing. We slept in the same room. There was never any spare bed. <laughs> I don't know whether that was right, actually. <laughs> Maybe next time, if there is a next time, touch wood, we might consider. Because I was kind of being really quiet and trying not to wake him, where actually it would have been better to just switch the telly on. Yeah. You know, but what kept me sane was being able to pick my phone up and mm -hmm. see all the other girls who were up as well and, you know, just having a chat. And, I mean, yeah, for me, NCT was the best money spent. I love in the, in the book you say that one of the ladies there, like, she literally started with, I'm not here to make friends. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> I mean, opening gambit. I don't need any new friends. I don't want any new friends. Within, I mean, a week. She was like, should we set up a WhatsApp group? <laughs> Um, oh, the change. Oh, the change. <laughs> but the, that's the thing, isn't it? So many friends, are, you all go through different stages of life at different times. There's no, you can't really all guarantee that you'll all be going through the same stage. No. You meet people, you know. And so it's, and you do need that other group that are just, just there. Yeah, and it was weird because I think my friends um, who have been the same friends through uni, you know, they, they live in Cardiff, um, they kind of thought, oh, this is a bit weird. It's like she's got new friends. Oh. And I was trying to explain, they will never be you. Yeah. But I think everybody, you know, we all have loads of friends, like school friends, uni friends, you know, and it's really hard, I think, to catch up with everybody, yeah. especially when children come along. And you do find that you need sort of a new group of friends mm. because it's people who are in that moment at the same time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, even friends who have children who are maybe two, three years older, it's not quite the same. No. You just need that group that are really in it, in the eye of the storm at the same time and can empathise at any time of day. You know, and, and for me, that's what this group gave me. I mean, yeah. they're, they're brilliant. Did you ha did you go to many baby groups after you know once the yeah once we, uh, we did we did kind of baby massage um, which was lovely even after sort of week four Ted was looking at me as if to say oh this again okay <laughs> I'll lie for a bit and then in a bit I'm gonna roll and I'm not gonna like it anymore and that was sort of window got shorter every week right. he really liked the first one but I mean even classes like that because NCT I suppose it is considered you know a bit pricey mm. um, although there are reductions I think but um, you know baby classes like that are brilliant as well it's just about being able to sit down and have somebody who understands and is going through and you just chat yeah and it's kind of like free therapy. It is, and I, I totally missed the point of him at the, at the start because I was like, I'm going to go to four. Buzz was four, uh, ten weeks old, and I decided to go to four a week. That four was just too much. It was too much. Oh, punchy. But I'd spend, <laughs> I'd spend the whole time just worrying that he was going to cry and not thinking about this bond that I was meant to be creating. I'd, I felt that there was so much pressure that I put on myself. It wasn't from anyone else. And, uh, and actually, it's only when I kind of cut down to two and 
relaxed as being a mum and like into being a mum as well, that actually you realise that it's not really for the baby that you're there. I no. mean, it's great. They get to play, like have some songs sung to them and but they don't things really shaken in their faces. But they don't know. And actually, <laughs> for you to have that support from other mums, that's what you're there for. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's just for it's for the parents, mm. really, isn't it? But I mean, I remember, you know, you were saying about four classes. That is really brave because at the beginning, just trying to get out of the house. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd really sort of panic and think... Okay, the bag's packed. Okay, he's in. He's in a snowsuit. He's in the pram. Okay, and that was like a mission in itself, yeah. wasn't it? And then you'd think, oh, how is this going to go now? And I remember one day going to Sainsbury's, um, and basically that was my daily thing going to Sainsbury's. I mean, I still do it. I mean, I'm in there all the time. Other supermarkets are also available, obviously. <laughs> um, and he just had, you know, as babies do, a little meltdown and um, sort of bored of being in, in the pram, you know, mm-hmm. lying down and was screaming, going down the aisles. And I was sort of carrying him in my arms, trying to comfort him, pushing the pram, trying to sort of put the groceries in the pram, you know. And this lady um, turned to me at the checkout and said, I think you need to do something. He's obviously really hungry or something. <sighs> And I thought, what a shame that, you know, you're another woman and obviously this baby's tiny and new and I look bedraggled and stressed and that, you know, instead of saying, oh, God, you know, isn't he cute or, you know, it'll it'll be better, just walk him around a bit or something, something, some words of encouragement. But instead, she was really quite snipey. And I left left the shop in there and and just left the shop and I was in floods of tears because... It's exactly what I'd worried about before leaving the house, you know, and and every time I see somebody in that situation, I make a concerted effort to just give them a nice, warm smile and kind of try and, you know, make them feel as if, yeah, we've we've all been there, it will get better. So funny, with just that look, with just a look, you can say so much. So much. And um, but it but it is funny how some people still have little patience for, mm. for crying babies and and little empathy for new mothers and yeah. that is awful because you feel out of your depth. Did you feel an extra pressure because you are in the public eye? And did you feel like when you went out, people knew that it was you and you know that people would be watching or not? Um, I don't think I did. Just because I suppose it's so all-consuming. Yeah. I just didn't even have time to contemplate, you know. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm very much, I go and do my job. But when I'm at home, I'm, you know, I'm just me. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I think, you know, when you've got a small baby, all of that kind of disappears because you just go, I can only just get us both out, get us both dressed, go and do what we need to do. Um, And the same in baby classes, you know, I I didn't think about it. Mm. And, um, and actually the girls in the NCT class, I mean, it's like the United Nations we're from all different parts of the world. <laughs> yeah. And it's so lovely because none of us have parental support in London. Hence, I think, why the group became so important to us all, because mm-hmm. all of our parents were living far away. And they had no idea what I did, which was which was lovely. Um, and I remember Sarah, who was our NCT ta- uh, teacher, she said when we first arrived, I want you all to... Um, to tell us what your names are, where you're having the baby, um, how many weeks pregnant you are, but I don't want anybody to mention what they do for a living. That's interesting. Yeah, and it was great because suddenly that wasn't even in the question. It didn't matter. And I was grateful to her because I knew, I'd known Sarah before 
and I, I knew she'd also done it for a bit for my benefit and it, it was just great because then there was you know nobody talked about it mm. and now the girls just think it's funny they're just like oh, not sure about that dress tonight I'll oh, love your top tonight <laughs> you know they, they, yeah but I don't I think you know for me mum first job secondary uh, it's two very different roles yeah felt a bit sick thinking about you know it's a fickle world that we work yeah, in yeah. and I did feel a bit sick about somebody else doing my job and the reason is is because I've got a lot of respect for the job I do I like the job I do and I was worried that somebody else would do it better you know and that's I think is just the honest truth I yeah. mean you know, yeah, of course I was excited about going on maternity, but I also did think, oh my goodness, I'm going to be gone for three <laughs> months, which, which by the way, wasn't enough in the end. And I mean, I don't even know you why don't, I you promised. Don't know. You don't know though, do you? When Before you have a baby, no. you don't know how long you need off. And you don't because every baby's different. So you can't possibly predict how much time. Oh my goodness, no. And so I'd made these sort of promises to be back in you know, three months without, as you say, without realising that that was completely unrealistic. But anyway, for me, before I went off, three weeks, um, three months, sorry, seemed like a lifetime. Mm. You know, I was like, oh my God, that's a long time. But then when it came to it, I mean, obviously, I didn't care in the moment. You know, I was so busy trying to get to grips with becoming a mum that, you know, the job, of course, you know, it was still there and I knew, you know, I would go back. But it, it it lost its importance, yeah. you know, for, for a little while there because it was all consuming, of course, Yeah. Um, being a mother. So, but I, I did worry. I did. You know, it's a hard thing, isn't it? When, you, you know, you're hitting your career stride mm -hmm. in your 30s and then, you know, biology dictates that we have to take time out and it's not something that men have to deal with. It is a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, situations have changed. Like, you know, I'm the main breadwinner in our family, as many of my friends are. And so, you know, that raises its own questions. It's it's tough. Mm. So, you know, for, for me, I, d I did worry and I did go back and I went back too soon. Because, really? Yeah, too soon. 
you know, oh God, I was still trying to feed when I went back to work. So after the meeting, I try and express and then, you know, go into the rehearsal and then I'd come back and, and try and express a little bit more. And then my milk was in the fridge with, <laughs> I with, all, well. <laughs> with all the food and sandwiches that were given, being given to the guests. And it's just like, oh, this is not working. This is a nightmare. Um, and, you know, I'd sit on the sofa and, you know, the titles would start playing and I'd feel this kind of stain come through oh. the dress. And I think, oh, no, this is awful. I'm on, you know. Did that ever happen? Yeah. Did it? Yeah. And what can you do? You know, all I thought was, I really hope that people, you know, the clever people out there will understand what's happened here. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can imagine there, mm. there were some um, comments that, oh, were really upsetting to read. There was nothing I could do about it. But um, yeah, I mean, it destroyed my confidence in terms of trying to feed and be back at work. And so by four months, I had to give it up and, and you know, switch to formula completely. I, I was combining, but um, it, it just wasn't working. It's so hard because I think when you are working and you're trying to, you literally have such a relationship with your espresso machine, with your pump. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? That noise will never leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit there feeling like a cow for and like Charlie would sort of Charlie would casually turn the telly up. Because I couldn't <laughs> hear it over the whirring of this lovely machine. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? I mean, <sighs> you know, just... you sit there attached to this thing and you just think, well, this is a new low. This is, And then the worst is when you knock over the bottle of expressed oh, milk. Oh, you just want to cry, Oh, just want to cry. So much. Don't cry with spilt milk. No, do. No, do. do. Express do. milk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear. I mean, that juggle... Because you don't even think about that, the juggle of work, but the actual juggle of breastfeeding and working as well. Oh, I thought, you know, but but I think, like lots of people, maybe I'd put a lot of pressure on myself um, when actually, you know, Teddy thrived just as well on formula as he did on breast milk. I mean, yes, it's the best thing, but it's not the best thing, I don't think, if it puts so much stress on the mother yeah. that it's causing and happiness on both fronts. Happy Hence, mum, happy baby. Happy mum, happy baby. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, at the beginning, you don't know this, do you? You think, oh, God, I just need to do the best for him. I just need to find a way to make this work. And actually, it it just wasn't feasible. And that night when I kicked over a bottle of express milk, having sat there for probably 40 minutes, you know, and, and it was still only half full, it was as if the world was going to end. And Charlie just grabbed the car keys. He didn't say anything. And he went to the petrol station down the road, which has a little supermarket bit, and came back with a small bottle of Aptimal. Yeah. And initially I said, oh, what's that? We don't need that. And he said, Al, it's just in the cupboard. So it's there in case. And it was actually the kindest thing he could have done because then the pressure was off. And slowly we just sort of started introducing formula and with less pressure, everything yeah. was easier for a while. But then when I went back to work sort of three, four days a week, it was impossible. Yeah. You know, I just realised I can't do it. 
How about the feeling of someone else being with Teddy? Because that for, was always a massive thing for me when I was at home writing and, you know, I'd get a picture ping through of, of Buzz in a shopping trolley for the first time. I never knew that was a thing until the picture came through and suddenly I was like, that should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the first time that I left Ted with Jess who's a brilliant girl who who still looks after him and we couldn't do without. I mean, it would be easier to divorce Charlie than to get rid of Jess. I mean, it, that is the truth. She's wonderful in so many ways and we love her. However, there is still that feeling that I want to be doing the things that she's doing with yeah. Teddy and it's really tough. You know, and as you say, the picture will come through and I remember the one where he had crawled for the first time and she sent a video. And of course, Jess, because she's very close to him and, you know, part of the family. And she sent it to Charlie and I saying, look, guys, you know, um, Ted has just taken sort of a few little steps crawling. Um, And both of us were just, oh, crestfallen because you think, I wanted to see it. But actually, it's a reality that all parents yeah. face, isn't Absolutely. it? You know, you can't be there 24 hours a day. And so, yeah, unfortunately, you know, they do, and as you say, it's the fun things, it's the little things that, you know, going shopping and being in the trolley for the first time or going to the aquarium for the first time or going to a zoo for the first time. And you sort of want to say, <laughs> we would like to be doing that stuff. Yeah. But then obviously they need to have... A week of activities yeah, when you're not you around. Exactly they suggest, no, don't do anything with him, actually. Don't do anything. We've, we've just, not done that yet. Just stay in the kitchen <laughs> until, um, and then at the weekend, we'll do a massive <laughs> list of all these things that, you know, you would do with him in the week. It's, it's very hard to manage, but I don't think that gets easier. I think all you can hope for is finding somebody that you trust implicitly yeah. that can become sort of a third parent and who you know loves your child nearly as much as you do that's all you can hope for and then you have to I suppose just think my child is with somebody who literally thinks the world of them who's going to have a great time he's going to have a great time and crack on Mm -hmm. because that is the situation we're all in isn't it you know yeah we'd love to be at home but it's just not possible no but it is still very very hard it is, it is. To be honest, it's only my mum and dad and Charlie's parents that I'm really happy with. And they can do anything. I mean, yeah. mum and dad went to buy him his first pair of shoes. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I was going to do that. But actually, because it's grandparents, it's kind of okay. Yeah. And it comes across in the book that you and your parents are really, really close. Oh, yeah, very close. I, I love mean, it. They're talking about the delivery room. That really cracked oh, me up. Honestly, it was like an episode of Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> so they'd followed you to the hospital, yeah. hadn't they? <laughs> so this is classic <laughs> mum and dad Jones. So we were in the house and obviously went to the hospital. It was a Saturday night. Um, Gary Bala was on the telly. They were eating spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> and... Um, so mum said, right, these contractions, they come in now every minute and a half. You do need to go. Yeah. But I hate hospitals, so I was really putting it off. Yeah. Um, and she said, literally, I'm going to drive you there myself. Charlie, get the coats. <laughs> you are going now. Anyway, so off we went. They waved us goodbye. Um, good luck, you know. Let us know when something happens. So we went to the Queen Charlotte Hospital in London. We were in the birth centre and we'd just been shown into kind of the delivery room. And the midwife said, 
are your parents here? I said, no, 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 no. We've just said goodbye to them. She said, well, there's two Welsh people in the waiting room. <laughs> they can only belong to you. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And then in they come <laughs> with a flask. <laughs> yeah, with a flask and with kind of um, a sort of an overnight case. <laughs> and I was just like, what are you doing? They were like, well... We thought we might as well. We just put a couple of bits in a bag and we've just followed oh, you. Oh, bless them. And so there was this awful moment where I was bent over the, um, you know, the water bath, um, really in the throes of bad contractions, seven centimetres dilated. And Dad was hanging our coats up in the wardrobe. <laughs> and Mum was arranging sort of little um, nappies and wipes on the changing table. And then I just turned and went, listen... Only one of you. I don't care which one, but not three of you. So it's either Charlie, Mum or Dad. But somebody needs to say, and two people need to go. And they were like, oh, um, OK then. And Dad was feeling really nervous and awkward oh, at this point. Because, bless. I mean, he could, you know... It's his daughter. His daughter, who's behaving like a, a female gorilla at this point, kind of running around and you know, making all sorts of weird noises. And I could tell he wasn't in his comfort zone yeah. with Dad. So Dad's <laughs> like, well, I'll definitely go out. I'll go and see whether there's I'll a cup of the tea. Team. I'll leave, yeah. I'll leave. <laughs> and so uh, Mum went with him in the end. But it's sort of her and Charlie tag team then, which worked out perfectly. But they are hilarious. I mean, I should have known, really, that they would definitely follow us. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And actually, I had this big thing that I didn't want Teddy to be born into a chaotic environment. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I was hell-bent on not making those screaming noises I'd seen and, you know, one born every minute, being yeah. case in point. Um, and, I, and I thought, right, I'm going to try my best to be calm and welcome him. I mean, what am I talking about? Welcome. I'm not even Mother Earth <laughs> at all. But you kind of get taken over by these weird thoughts. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to welcome him and it's going to be calm and I'm going to be, you know, ready. And uh. and anyway, it turns out that I don't think I did swear in the end or scream because I was just telling myself, no, this is not happening. And he was born into quite a calm environment quiet yeah well in fact all I could think about <laughs> when you know he's crowning that's awful yeah. I mean ah the ring of fire ring of fire and more <laughs> but then they sort of slip out don't they yeah After yeah, that yeah, bit, slip yeah out and I had the theme tune of country file in my head <laughs> <laughs> which was really bizarre <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know that I knew the theme tune before that. But the midwife said, of all the things you're still in country fire. <laughs> Matt Baker was thrilled. <laughs> Thinking of him while you're giving that. <laughs> or at least his show. Oh, God. So, yeah. But, I mean, he did. And then he was he was a very calm baby. And, oh, I mean, I like to think the, the that that was the thing. one thing yeah. maybe I did do right. You know, I, I sort of tried to keep calm and, yeah. and yeah, and he did was, I mean, touchwood, pretty easy. Things have changed since then. OK. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of on the quiet, a bit smug, thinking, well, he sleeps quite well. He's a fan of country fun. I mean, yeah, it's all good, this. You mean, he's really calm. And then he turned one and... Mm, really? 
Has it completely changed since then? Well, he was a sleeper and now he doesn't like sleep. Oh. Oh. You just think you've got it. When they start sleeping, then it's not going to change. I know. And before, honestly, we, you know, the fire alarm used to go off when I was mainly cooking because I'm such a bad cook. <laughs> but not even the fire alarm would rouse him. And now, I mean, we like Matrix going up the stairs, <laughs> avoiding the creaky floorboards. We know which ones creak. Yeah. You know, brushing teeth with just turning the tap on a tiny bit yeah. to get the water. You know, never let the tap run because that will wake him. And it's completely changed. And every time, as you say, you think, I've got this, we know what's going on. Suddenly, bombshell. Yeah. And you're back to square one again. Don't you find it... Well, I do. I find it more difficult waking up with sort of a toddler than I did with a newborn. Yeah. With a newborn, you're kind of in that stage. Everything's everywhere. You can kind of... You kind of muddle through that fog. Yeah. And also, they can't move. Yeah. Which is ideal. I mean, now, you know, I'm really bad because I forget to close the stair gates. Right. And the Tedster is through a stair gate. I mean, really? literally, he knows that you have to lift to I'm open. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, I'm just waiting for the day where he actually just hurdles over them. But um, now the mornings are chaotic. Really? Because, well, I mean, like you say, I mean, they're just everywhere, <laughs> you know, and I keep tidying up. I'm like, OK, let's tidy up. And then everything's just out again. There's cereal everywhere. And I mean, why did we renovate a house before having a baby? That was a mistake. <laughs> well, in hindsight, have you done stuff in your renovation that you wouldn't have done? Oh, loads. No, yeah. We were renovating for a couple without a child, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> like most people do. I mean, what were we thinking? You know, mum did say, look, I mean, I'm not sure, Al, about that light-coloured carpet. Oh, no. But when I was pregnant, I only thought about Ted as a little newborn baby. Yeah. I didn't think ahead stupidly. I didn't think about Thomas the Tank Engine being banged relentlessly into new kitchen units. Yeah. Or into a fridge-freezer that has now has beautiful dents in it. <laughs> beautiful dents, though. Beautiful dents. Yeah, artistic. Ah, you know, what is the point? I mean, my advice would be do not. I mean, move into a very shabby shabby house that doesn't need anything done and that you don't care about until maybe they're 18. And they leave. And they leave. (laughs) Because literally, I mean, the unit, well, I mean, the dishwasher, the the kitchen area mainly is having a hammering. Really? Ah. Ah. I mean, terrible. Terrible. The new seats are full of Weetabix. Um, <laughs> and that sticks. It sticks so bad. Weetabix is like cement. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to ban... you a house with that stuff. Yep, yeah, I'm going to ban Weetabix. <laughs> I mean, you know, very nutritious. And, and I liked it as a cereal before. Yeah. But now I'm not so much of a fan. It's in all my clothes. It's all over the flipping sofa. I mean, I can't I mean I can't even get it off Ted's face some mornings. And I just leave him. So we go out. Oh, I usually get placed and I'm like, oh no. Oh, you've still got bits in between your eyebrows. It's terrible. Yeah, I know. But they get it I mean and he's got he's quite chubby little Ted. So he gets Weetabix on on and everything in folds in his oh. arms and in his legs, which is really nice. <laughs> Just find it at dinner time. Oh, that's a nice yeah. little bit of wheat to mix yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of every podcast, uh, we, uh, Arla, I ask you to finish a few sentences. Okay. It's nothing too tricky. Okay. Being a mum means? I think being a mum is the biggest privilege out there. 
it's really, really hard mm. at times. But I think it's a privilege to have one person or two people or three people who solely rely on you. You are the most important person and it's only you and your partner that can comfort that little human more than any... It's only you that can put their world right when it's upside down and that is a huge privilege. Makes me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) Since having children, I... Since having children, I am less selfish. You can't be selfish when you're a mum. No, you can't. Yeah. I'm less selfish, I'm more patient and I'm a better version of myself. Not every day, but most days than I was before. And I'm happy when... I'm happy when we are in the kitchen, when all the toys are all over the floor, (laughs) when there's Weetabix in my hair (laughs) and when Charlie and Teddy are there and it's a Saturday morning and we have a whole weekend together. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh my God, it's been a pleasure. I've absolutely loved it. I feel like it's a therapy session. That's how I feel every time I'm in. I feel lighter now, (laughs) going forth with my day. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.